Everybody, this is Tim Pichot with the Liberty Advisor, joined with John Snice and the economictruth.org, which is where you can find him. And we are today going to talk about the Fed support of junk bonds is like putting lipstick on a pig. Also wanted to acknowledge that today, uh, Luke Rudowski is taking a much needed day off. So hopefully maybe Luke can go and find some uh, masks that he's looking for. So just kidding, Luke, we love you. Uh, but what we've got going on today is the Fed's leave no asset behind set of actions is holding up the corporate bond and other markets. In an unprecedented move, the Fed created special purpose entities to buy exchange traded funds or otherwise known as ETFs, such as LQD. JNK, which is you know junk, so that's kind of funny, and then HYG, which is probably stands for high yield something, and I think maybe that last one might even be owned by Black BlackRock. I'm not uh, not sure about that, but anyways, I'm not making any recommendations to buy these. It's just because they are in the news, and so what this means is you literally have the Federal Reserve buying up junk bond assets, which this is completely uh, you know unprecedented. What do you make of this, John, with the Fed you know coming in here and completely mm -hmm. distorting the markets? Well, actually, what's fun is actually really not the Fed, but the Fed and the Treasury is not married, so it doesn't matter. But it's actually the Exchange Stabilization Fund, which is a fund that is uh, run by the Treasury that is, you know, funneling all this money. So I'm, I'll be very interested to see their uh, consolidated financial statements for uh, this month coming up right away, actually. So I, I can't wait to look and see what, what that will look like, because that's what they're using, a, a slush fund that they actually, you know, came came about from the the stolen two billion dollars from the gold confiscation back in the thirties, <laughs> and he also the, the same fund did off, of course, back in the day. So it's pretty, pretty interesting how they're using that fund, of course, uh, which is you know flushed with uh, <clears throat> with currency, and it hold, also holds the SDRs, the special drawing rights, the IMF currency. But you yeah, know, it's uh, it's funny they're trying to desperately you know cover over these junk markets and. Of course, back in my 2020 um, risk report that I, uh, you know, published back in January, I warned about this. <laughs> you know, like these junk bonds, uh, all, all these mass amounts of junk bonds, like it was 78 percent issued in 2018 was junk, and who knows about you know in 2019, probably will were more like 80 something percent, right? And it's coming apart now. You know, you can't put lipstick on a pig. And actually, talking about that. That should transition our, us into the next article, which is, of course, uh, another pig. Well, let, well, let's, well, let's also, <laughs> yeah. well, well, let's also not forget that now, you know, the pigs, yeah. a lot of them, there's 100 foot piles of dead pigs because the entire, uh, you know, supply <laughs> chain is completely broken down. So let's all, and then, uh, then that saying also does come from when Obama said at a campaign event that you can't, that you can put lipstick on a pig, but it's still a pig. And then, uh, yeah, so sorry about that, John. Yeah, well, you can't put lipstick on Italy's economy because it's terrible. And it's, of course, one of the pigs countries, which is Portugal, Italy, uh, uh, Italy Greece. and uh, Spain and Greece, uh, of course. And, you know, they, they just actually got downgraded by Fitch to uh, triple B minus, which is right about Junkin. And to explain that, like the, the, the whole thing about being, uh, you know, non-junk and, and uh, below junk is being either investment grade or non-investment grade. And if you actually... Uh, do drop the low non-investment grade base uh, well into non-investment grade you basically are not eligible for ma mass amounts of money in pension funds and, and, and around the world right and sovereign wealth funds and so on so basically you lose out on the total economy like uh, the, uh, south africa just you know jumped uh, below as well so you're seeing a lot of the the periphery economies and of course i i believe italy is the third biggest economy in europe and you have that, you know, <clears throat> that whole sector. Me and Josh have you know, reported on this for so many years now. 
uh, with, you know, in Tessa Sao Paulo, you got, uh, what do you got there? Actually, I have it up behind me. You got Banco Generali, uh, Banco Popular, Unicredit. All these Italian banks are in such terrible shapes and they've been bailed up forever by actually, uh, and <clears throat> and they've used, uh, you know, the German banks, like Commerce Bank and, and uh, Deutsche Bank. They also used, you know, um, uh, what is it called? Societe Generale, Sokjen, as it's uh, known as well, to actually bail out those southern economies that are doing in such horrible shape and mass bureaucracies. You know, that's what collapses an economy is when uh, the government is bigger than the economy in, in itself, right, Tim? Yeah, no, absolutely. And uh, one of the other things, you know, I do want to, uh, you know, point out is basically the the premiums that people right now are paying for these junk bonds are nowhere near, uh, you know, commensurate with the amount of risks that people are taking on. And so you're getting, you know, a lot of the optimism that was going on in the stock market is the same thing that you're seeing bleeding over into the bond market. So if we pull this up on screen right now, uh, I mean, you see Boeing debt explodes after Boeing debt explodes after sale of 25 billion in massively oversubscribed junk-like bonds. <laughs> And so, I mean, you've got, uh, you know, a company like Boeing that, you know, I mean, in the foreseeable future, I mean, it looks like people aren't even really traveling anymore. Uh, if they, you know, then they were, they were already mired in problems before all this stuff happened with their, what was it, the 737 Supermax or something like that? Yeah, the Max, yeah, yeah that uh, two of them crashed because of computer programming that actually told the plane how to fly because they, they couldn't fly properly the way it was built. Maybe they should because have Because they did share buybacks. They didn't do research and development properly, right? They learned to They code. spent all the money on buying buy, buying bonds uh their no sorry their own stocks to share buybacks and use it. yeah and if it didn't have so many you know crazy implications you know this this it might actually be be funny but the bond market has not been this overcome by this has the bond market hasn't been overcome by the same optimism as stocks and uh basically what's going on is that the logic for this call is that the incoming economic data will continue to be ignored in favor of headlines regarding the treatment of COVID-19 and success of the reopening efforts, which will commence in its earnest during the second half. So basically, people are like, oh, well, there's going to be some new vaccine or there's going to be some, some new wonder drug. And so we don't need to actually worry about what the actual fundamentals are, what, you know, what is actually going on with the company because they might be getting free money and maybe they can start getting, uh, you know, using that money to buy back their own stocks. I mean, even worse than Boeing was the airline industry in general, which uh, used 96% of their free cash flow to buy back their own stock. <laughs> Sorry, I think it was to the tune of like $46 billion over the last 10 years. And now uh, we've only had, uh, you know, and then now they're asking for a bailout of 50 billion. And I also do want to point out if you guys right now, you guys are watching this on Change the News. Definitely appreciate that. We also filmed a Tim and John show, episode number nine. We filmed probably about 30 or 40 together, but the, the official, those were, those were prequels. This official one was number nine, and we got into some pretty interesting stuff. I mean, at least if you like economic geek stuff, but that one went almost an hour, and we talked about, what did we talk about? We talked about how, you know, what happens if, China ends up, or we end up defaulting on the debt to China, you know, whether or not China causes this or not, that, you know, that's a, probably could spark a whole other debate. And then we also talked about how the largest gold, uh, gold dealer in the world is shutting down their operations. And that was a Scot uh, Scotiabank. Scotia, right Scotia Mankata, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have a lot of stuff to talk about in that, but that is on my channel at Tim Show with the Liberty Advisor. So if you guys want to go give me some love over there and, uh, John and I some love on, on that, it would be, uh, be awesome. But anyways, getting back to some of these articles over here, it says, don't be fooled. A 40% drop could hit by next year after this bear market rally fades. Veteran economist warns. And so by veteran economists, they are referring to uh, Gary Schilling. And I took it off the screen so that way you guys didn't drive. I didn't drive you guys nuts when I flipped things up and down. 
But Schilling, you know, he's he was known for you know predicting the, uh, the housing crash. Now he does he did have something called I don't wish I had pulled up, and I've mentioned this in several presentations was called the CAPE ratio. So that is the cyclically adjusted price to earnings ratio. And so basically, what that means, long story short, is uh, you know the higher it is, the more overvalued stocks are, but on a longer time horizon. So what this what this measure was really good for is when stocks were valued like in the top, I believe it was the top quintile of being expensive so the top 20% of being expensive which is where we've been camping out for the past several years that basically what what that was looking like is uh and I don't have the exact numbers right in front of me but it was something like if you were in that that top quintile of being expensive on a trailing on a forward 10 year return the stock market return was something very very low i mean we're talking uh like in like the three to four percent range and this is a message i've been telling people forever and when i say three to four percent i don't mean like oh it means the market doesn't go up three to four percent a year it's going to mean okay well it went up way too much you know the past you know five six seven ten years and then now what we've seen is that you know plummet back down to reality and now boom right back up to you know these way overinflated uh numbers and i don't really know any asset managers you know worth you know their salt that are coming in here and trying to uh you know buy into uh stocks at this level i don't have the dollar in front of me but i think earlier today it was like at twenty four thousand three thirty three. and so you know going to uh shilling over here his uh you know, i just love you know people, this guy's a shill so wall street rallies on hopes the worst of the coronavirus outbreak is over to me it's like 1929 when stocks first fell then rallied before plunging anew as the great depression set in the damage worldwide economies is yet to unfold as stocks will collapse to new lows and maybe one thing that john can maybe talk about is you know in 1929 there's a lot of things that they did when fdr ended up getting elected i don't know if he was in 19 i think he came like a little bit later like a year or two later uh but you know he's always credited for saving you know saving america for the great great depression now do you have any thoughts on that or you know when government actions coming to you know save the day john well the government is plowing money in and building you know roads uh everywhere of course yeah some little good things there of course with the highway system and everything but other than that like the the government spending a bunch of money it's a you know misuse of that and all, all that and of course like the government coming in and intervening just uh, you know really um what do you call prolongs you know the crisis at hand of course when you have intervention <laughs> yeah so we're going back you know to the articles and what it was, it was saying is uh that basically Schilling pointed out that there was a 48 percent plunge in the dow jones in 1929 from september 3rd to november 13th so you know you know actually the plunge we had now was even uh quicker faster uh you know something like Kanye west song like bigger faster stronger <laughs> but uh you know nobody wants to hear me sing and one of the reasons for that, in my opinion, is all the ETFs. Uh, we did a video on this. Uh, uh, I don't know if it was a, a Tim and John. It was one of the Tim and John shows way, way, way back, a prequel show where we talked about a catalyst for a downturn would be the proliferance of ETFs, these exchange-traded funds, because people are just going, they're throwing money into these funds, they're throwing money into the S P 500, throwing money into the Dow Jones, and then that indiscriminately, they're not looking at companies' balance sheets. And when they do that, what ends up happening is that, you know, it's great when on the way up, but on the way down, it also exacerbates it. But, oh, don't worry, you know, the Federal Reserve comes in and is, you know, making things even worse by just exacerbating this problem and bailing out, you know, the richest people in the world and not bailing out, you know, Main Street. And, you know, I'm gonna skip to this article right now because uh 
Speaking of Main Street, the PPP problems, the Fed just expanded its Main Street lending program. Here's what businesses should should know. So, you know, it's glad that they you know decided to get around to expanding this program because, uh, you know, we had to, you know, of course, this had to be done after all the big companies and the banks and politicians and everybody else gets bailed out and municipalities. And, you know, last down on the line of things is small business owners, which is the, you know, heart rate, uh, heartbeat of America. But, you know, as, you know, we got guys like Gary Schilling, you know, talking about how the Dow, and actually, you know, let me just go back to this article because what it was saying is so buyers stepped in, they pushed stocks up 48% through April 17th, 1930. Then, it, so that was a 52% retracement. And then the bull, uh, the bull times he wrote didn't last long as the Dow ultimately shed 89%. Yeah, sounds its, like the general, sorry, sounds like the general public coming in and buying stocks now on a big scale. <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, and you didn't even know that the very next article I was going to show up here was yeah. poor decisions galore as newbie millennial slash Gen Xers pour into expensive stock market. And uh, you see the amount of TD Ameritrade average, daily average client trades. And so TD did cut trades, uh, the fees down to zero. And now you've seen this absolutely explode in the amount of trading, which I will say as a financial advisor is not the best thing to be doing to be, especially if you don't know what you're doing, to be constantly trading these markets. Now, if you're a trader and you know what you're doing and you're reading charts and uh, you got a good handle and you got extra money to waste and you know to speculate, then that's, uh, that's one thing. But one thing that sort of struck me from this article, and for some reason my highlighter doesn't work on Zero Hedge, but this is a, a reading a quote here. It says, I feel like everything that I buy, I watch pretty closely. And if it's something that's not doing well, I'll generally try to put that money into something that is doing well. Instead, he said, working from home, he added, has allowed him to watch for movements more easily. Now, I mean, technically, that's pretty much the exact opposite of what you should be doing as an investor. I mean, not, not giving an investment advice up here. But what is, what you should be doing is if you own something and it goes down, you should want to buy more of it. Like if you're right now, Bitcoin's at 8,600. If it goes down to 5,000, I, if I like Bitcoin, I should want to buy more of it. If it goes down to 2000 I should want to buy more of it. And then I, yeah. it's the same, I'm putting in 500 bucks a month. Well, now through dollar cost averaging, I'm buying more and more and more and more. Uh, and so if something goes down, you're like, oh, well, I'm just going to get rid of it and go get something that's up. You're actually better off like just buy. I mean, I think it's called the dogs of the Dow theory where you just go in, you throw, you just put all the money in and, like the worst performing things that did last year uh, in the Dow. And then it ends, then your portfolio will be way higher. So that it's a contrarian approach, you know, past performance notification of future returns, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, the average person doesn't realize this. And they don't they don't necessarily know these know these things and so you know it's seeing people getting into this market at the exact wrong time you know is very very uh telling and i think you know one of the uh one of the things i wanted to uh you know kind of address right now is inflation or deflation this is miss shedlock warns that demand collapse trumps supply shock so you know a lot of our viewers especially you know those of us who know us from the world alternative media days and know us uh you know maybe from tim and john's show previously a lot of them think that, you know, we're in, for, in store for this like massive hyperinflation that was going to happen, you know, two months ago and where I was calling for the dollar to get stronger, not because I like what's going on or endorse what's going on. It's that the people flee to safety assets, which right now they view the dollar as being, you know, that quote unquote, you know, safe asset. And so, you know, I, I do sort of, you know, agree with, uh, and this is something that we did talk, you know, I think in the previous Tim and John show with Kirk Chisholm about, so I don't want to belabor that point too much. You guys can go check out my YouTube channel, Tim Pichot, the Liberty Advisor, and, uh, and catch that. And then now we've got an article, will Airbnb's implosion trigger a housing bust? So I don't know. Do you want to uh, take, take this one on, John? Well, that's the problem is that all these Airbnbs are just owned by people that, you know, suddenly became landlords. They just bought up a whole bunch of 
uh, real estate and then renting it out. They're just turning it around and renting it out through Airbnb, right? So it was pretty easy. But as you know, uh, the economy has slowed to a complete halt. There's nobody using those Airbnbs and that mass amounts of, you know, uh, real estate that they're holding with all the uh, debt on it. <clears throat> you know, now they're going to have severe problems actually paying uh, that debt back. And that's going to be a huge, huge implosion, of, uh, yeah. especially in the North America. It's going to be the greatest ever, uh, you know, implosion that we ever seen on the housing. It, well, it puts a huge strain on the, the market itself. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you have uh, active listings versus host. And of course, you know, it's just going through the roof as there's nobody that, you know, actually are able to, you know, buy buy in and actually, you know, travel anywhere right now. And somebody's talking about, you know, travel's going the next six months. It's not going to happen, most likely. So you're seeing, you know, the economy is, in a, you know, in a, in a basically lockdown and uh, nobody's able to do it. Well, you know, you have several uh, severe implications there. Uh, you know, when it comes to the, uh, the the Airbnb market and what they are doing, especially where they're, you know, heavily situated. I, I haven't looked at the stats or anything, but I would assume, you know, it's uh, it's in, you know, the uh, nicer, nicer vacation kind of areas where uh, where people like to, to go, of course. And that's going to, you know, have a heavy tank on the, the real estate prices. And then, you know, we have the, the whole cycle where, you know, you're you're underwater. Basically, you're down 50 percent of the value of your home and you're. Uh, well, these guys all Remorges, got over leveraged. Yeah. It was so easy for them to, oh, hey, we're making money hand over fist. We use that payment to then buy something else. And then, you know, they're way over leveraged. And next thing you know, uh, you know, everyone's, you know, forced not to travel. They don't have money to travel. They just lost their jobs. And it's just like the ultimate, you know, cascading effect of what's going to happen. And this is going to bleed over to several other areas, especially, you know, like the CLOs that we were talking about uh, mm -hmm. back when everything was starting to blow up at the end of February. And then, you know, going to like, uh, you know, Bank of International Settlements, you know, they were having emergency meetings on CLOs. <laughs> Lows, not on you know everything else that was going on, not on the coronavirus. But you know, I think that's probably a good place to leave it for today. I also want to yeah. point out that yesterday in the second video, uh, it's titled "Mask or No Mask." Luke and I, towards the end of it, like the last fifteen minutes, really got into you know uh, somewhat heated debate. So that video did not get a lot of play, did not get a lot of traction. So that's one of the ones that, especially like the back half of that, is you know pretty interesting. We probably should have just chopped up the two. Now that I think about it, then mm -hmm. also on my channel, we we very. I mean, by the time this is out, we will be dropping. Tim and John show number nine, even though it's like our probably 30th or 40th one, but you know, highly recommend you guys check that out, especially if you're into gold, especially if you want to, you know, if, if it's sexy topic to talk about, I mean, if you're still listening at this point, you know, you're probably into what we're saying, <laughs> but, uh, you know, but John, we'll let people know where, where they can find you and, uh, and maybe some things you got going on. Yeah, no, you can find me at the economic truth.org. That's basically where I have everything that I do and what I'm about. And, uh, you could, you know, uh, contact me through that medium. Of course, you can find my books there, my reports that I put out, uh, everything. And then, of course, you got to check out uh, bankrun.org, where actually uh, one of the best videos that uh, we've done here at Change News was uh, the Bankrun video where we basically talked about what I was doing with bankrun.org and how, you know, bankruns can spread around the world pretty uh, pretty quickly. So, yeah, you can check those out. Uh, and, uh, you know, that it greatly helps me because I... You know, I, I have a full-time job. I'm not uh, as lucky as, you know, uh, Luke and Tim and, and others. Uh, so, like, I still rely on that. But I really want to transition over time, of 
course. Well, or I also have a full time job. Full-time. So yeah, yeah, I can I can work any eighteen hours a day that I want. So yeah. you know, it's it's, it's, it's pretty nice. Uh, yeah. But yeah, also you check out our Discord. So uh, John is super active on our Discord. It's uh the it's bit.ly. So it's a Bitly link. So bit.ly slash Tim John Discord for all the economic geek stuff that you guys could want and possibly more. And uh, anyways, no, thank you, thank you for joining us, John. Always a pleasure talking with you. And until next time, it's Tippet Show and John Snyson signing off for Change the News.